Greetings, everyone. I'm excited to welcome Taylor Lowe, co-founder and CEO at Metal to the show. Taylor, welcome. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you here. Let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. So, you know, for myself and, and also my co-founders, we've really spent our entire careers in SaaS, particularly enterprise SaaS, working on production software. It definitely helps pull in some of the experience and, and reasons why we built metal the, the way that we have, which I'm sure we'll get into. But yeah, I actually, for myself, I started in sales. I was working at a company selling CRM software. I did that for a number of years before moving into product. And then I landed at a company called Customer, which is a CRM company as well, which was later acquired by Meta. And then I ended up going through Y Combinator and starting Metal, which is where I'm today. For my co-founders, just to speak for them, they're on the engineering side. They have spent a lot of their careers in infrastructure developer tools. So James, my co-founder, was on the ML infrastructure team at Spotify. Sergio spent some time on the serverless team at Datadog. We were building developer tools and machine learning at Meta. And that kind of led us to, to starting Metal today. Yeah, that's great. Nice combination of commercial background plus engineering. So tell us a little bit about that transition from, you know, working in-house employee, you know, knowing your co-founders. Did you, was it just conversations? Hey, we should do this. And then you jump ship. How was that transition from to founding Metal? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So, I mean, for one, you know, we, we got lucky in a lot of ways, right? You know, we we just kind of bumped into each other at work. You couldn't have, have planned it. We started as friends and, and coworkers, right? We worked together on the same teams. We just got along. The three of us, we actually live in New York City. We're all in Williamsburg and, and Brooklyn. And yeah, just got along. And, you know, we love software. We love geeking out on, on technology and building. Just had a lot in common. And I think, you know, over the years, we're like, yeah, it'd be great to, to start something whenever the timing is right. Another thing we couldn't plan for, so I'll, I'll be brief, but we, at that previous company I mentioned, we were acquired by Meta. That was in 2022. And then as anyone might remember, their tech stocks kind of took a bit of a tumble, a bunch of layoffs happened. So orgs were changing about. And during the time, you know, we, we just decided, hey, this was as good a time as any. We applied to Y Combinator, got in, and then we joined the batch of 23, which started beginning of this year. So yeah, kind of a, okay. a bit of luck in the timing and uh, worked out. I love that. Love that. So yeah, let's, let's talk about metal. Tell us what products and services metal offers. Yeah, absolutely. So today our focus is helping developers and enterprise companies see their first AI products in action live and in front of users. And specifically we're helping companies and engineers build LOM applications, uh, using embedding. So. Uh, very much, you know, what we do is help abstract a lot of the complexities around infrastructure. So things like embedding generation, vector storage, indexing, providing simple APIs to then consume that data. And all of this is really designed to help an engineer get these LLM applications to production in front of real users where they can start to see the value they can create, iterate on them, improve them all using our platform. So, yeah, so really interesting. And I know I'm sure developers understand this right away, but say as a CFO, like if you're pitching this to me as a CFO, is this to yep. help me? So I don't really have to really understand all the the technical details of AI and just build it myself. You can help just accelerate that AI project for a company. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for engineers as well, like there's a lot of kind of raw materials that engineers don't necessarily have to work with in order to get these uh, applications to production. I mean, you see over, you know, the entire arc of the technology industry, there are always layers of abstraction, 
uh, on sort of the, the raw materials, as I put it, uh, that just make it easier to work with, right? So we're, we're sort of a, a layer of abstraction uh, above, um, you know, the sort of raw, what's called embeddings that are stored in the vector database, which really is, is the uh, semantic meaning behind um, certain data that powers things like ChatGPT, right? Like how does ChatGPT know what word to use next in a sentence? Um, because it has an understanding of the semantic value of that word with all the words around it. Anyway, yeah, so we make that a lot easier to, to build and work with. Yeah, I imagine. So what what industries are you tar targeting here? Obviously tech companies, but I'm sure wide use of applications where, you know, it's embedded, say, in their process or customer service or support, I'm guessing. So tell us, what who are you targeting for customers? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. So I think one thing we've been really uh, surprised by early on is how much we were pulled into mid-market and enterprise. And, you know, this is a very fast moving market, um, definitely the fastest technology market I've ever worked in. Um, as we've seen, you know, some, some early uh, kind of common use cases around a couple of, of verticals. And these are, are kind of big, right? But you've got financial services, marketing and PR companies, also like real estate marketplaces and software. And, you know, those sound like very disparate industries in, in some ways, but the use cases have a lot of commonality. And what they're trying to do is basically enable these, you know, call it like chat with your ex data for their own data and own use cases, right? So as a quick example, one of the, the companies we put a case study out with, their real estate marketplace, they help match uh, buyers and sellers um, in, in a certain uh, locale. And they have a bunch of text data, help center data, uh, information about their website, which is sort of in a traditional sense accessible on, on their website, but we can actually push all of that data into metal. And then we can stand up really cool experiences around, you know, a chat application where you can sort of ask the company questions fully automated and get responses and information. And in their case, all the way down to scheduling, you know, an open house or an appointment uh, with a real estate agent. Okay, so using all that data that's been gathered over time behind the scenes and then bringing that to customer facing, prospect facing on in that marketplace then? Right, right, exactly. And I mean, just, just to even kind of dive in on that example, like if you think about your typical uh, website, right, you've got a help center or an Epic page. It's not a guarantee. In fact, it's, it's probably less likely that a lot of customers will read that because it takes a little bit of work to read through all of it and find the information you're looking for. What's so powerful about LLMs and, and this new stack of technology is that you can just ask the question effectively to that, those resources, that information, and then, you know, you can have that spit back to you in sort of a very consistent and, and human type of uh, language that's easy to understand. It makes information a lot easier to get to. And do you think help centers, FAQ pages are going to be a thing of the past where, you know, you go like, oh, I need, I need to answer this question in this application and I go search. Do you think? Those will eventually be gone and it'll just be the, here's the chat, just ask the question and it's going to serve back a better answer than what I could find. It, it's a good question. I, I think it, it's supplemental and you might have the, the, maybe the new normal is you start with the chat experience, but I think in a lot of ways, it's a good kind of gateway to get what you're looking for, but then maybe you do need to read the full article and having that sort of crammed in, in a chat window is, is maybe not the best experience. Maybe you need to go into the full article, check out the images, the videos, whatever. But the chat could certainly help you get to that information much faster. One of the things that we do pretty well with Metal as well is source attribution. So we can basically point to the resources that are powering the chat experience that helps push that user then to the, the Epic page, for example. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. So you mentioned Y Combinator. It sounds like 2022 is that the year you founded Metal? 
Uh, actually, well, technically it would be the beginning of this year. Yeah, in, in January. Okay. Okay. So Jan, all right, 2023, found a medal. And then you said your company's located in Williamsburg, so just uh, adjacent to, to Brooklyn, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. We're right here in New York City on Brooklyn. The three of us, we all live within a 10-minute walk of each other, which is, is great. Don't have to take the subway to work. It's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, when you can walk around like that. And tell us about your current team size. Yeah, so team's growing. Uh, right now, we're at five. It's the three co-founders. We have an engineering hire as well. And another outside engineering and content hire that works with us. I think for us too, you know, we, we do want to keep the team small as, as long as we can, hopefully. You know, we find that even just getting us in the same room together, that's where a lot of the magic happens. And, and we'd like to do a lot with a little. That, that's sort of our, our mode. Yeah, kind of the, the ma mantra today uh, to try to do be very efficient. <laughs> yeah. So what, so you just founded this year. Are you pre-revenue? Do you have some revenue? Yeah, we, we do have revenue. I won't yeah. disclose it. I mean, we're, yeah. we're right now just, I think really our focus is refining the product offering, making it much easier and, and sort of gettable. I think one of the, the important things that we want to address in the market is that there's such a learning curve here still with the tools that are becoming available to everybody. It's fundamentally a new way to think about building software. It's a new way to think about uh, data and how it's represented and how it can be used within an organization. And we're really not shying from that. We kind of roll our sleeves up and get very involved with each customer, even down to the code level, helping them build their first application. Because frankly, it's one of the best ways to learn how these tools work is just use them. Uh, you kind of get them a little bit easier that way. So a technical product, tell us a little bit about your go-to-market motion at this stage. You know, just founded the company this year. Are you reaching out through your networks to talk to companies, mm -hmm. find engineers, find CTOs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the nice things is we, we've had a lot of inbound interest and, and I would say our, our go-to-market is really, you know, we learn through product uh, quite a bit. And that is what I just referenced, where we actually build these applications with our users. I mean, one of the, the things that we learned early on was that, okay, let's make this really seamless developer tool where an engineer can sort of go and spin it up. And, and but what we found is that, you know, even if we make the experience um, super smooth, the concepts behind what they're building are still new to a lot of people. And we just found the best way to short circuit that is to get involved ourselves. The bonus for us as a company is that we learn intimately their, their use cases and what they're trying to improve with their business, the metrics that they want to improve, which we can then take that back into our product and, and make it better for the next iteration. So sort of learning through building and, and that to us is in, in terms of a long-term strategy is how we can make the best product because we can productize all of the parts that are hard and sort of tricky for each of these customers and make it easier for the next one. And tell us a little, how does the, the pricing model work for this? Is this a subscription? Is it mm -hmm. uh, uh, usage-based? Tell us a little bit about your initial pricing thoughts. Yep. So we have a free account that anyone can go to our website at, at getmetal.io. Um, they can just spin one up themselves. There is a, a developer tier, um, which right now we just want to keep the pricing quite simple. Mm -hmm. Per seat pricing at $25 uh, dollars per user per month. And then we have uh, a business tier, and that's the, the custom engagements that we, we go into with uh, more mid-market and enterprise companies. The reason that it's custom is that the requirements vary quite a bit. The volume of data, how often they'll query that data, vary quite a bit. So we, we kind of make custom uh, pricing that results in, or aligns to that use case rather for each customer right now. 
Okay. All right. Thanks for yeah that insight uh, on the pricing. And then it looks like you recently raised a seed round. So have you raised, it looks like two and a half million to date now? Correct. Yep. Okay. So two and a half million seed round. And then what what was the thinking, the logic or the triggers behind raising that two and a half million seed round? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the the big things for us too is not just the capital, but it was really important for us to align with investors that we felt would best serve the, the company and, and what we're after right now. So capital is definitely part of it. I mean, you know, there's a practical element to that, right? Like we need to pay ourselves. We have small office, we're making hires. But I think it's really important that the investors both understand who you are, where you're coming from, can work with you, of course. One of the reasons why, for instance, we just partner with our, our lead VC at Swift VC is that they're founders first. They, before they were in venture, they built, took a public, sorry, took a company public, sold that company. They've sort of done everything along the founder's journey. So for us, you know, that, that's sort of music to our ears because they can deeply empathize with what we're going through and how to navigate certain situations. Okay. So that founder investor, very critical. And that does come up a lot as like a big key item yeah. with, with raising. And with that seed round and other founders thinking about uh, a future seed round, any lessons that you could pass along to founders who are thinking about that seed raise? Yeah. I mean, just to reiterate that one point, right? The capital is obviously very important, but it is just one piece, right? You, you really, especially on the early stage when so much of what you're doing in the software business is around developing the best product that solves a valuable problem, that is not a problem that you can just blindly throw money at. It requires experience. It requires getting involved, listening to your customers, working with investors who have done this before. That is, is just as important as the capital. And, and that, that was one of the reasons, again, we, we kind of went with some of the investors that we pitched to. So I, I would just kind of think of that because you're going to be working with these people for 10 years, maybe more, right? So it's not just, hey, thanks for the check. That's a really dangerous way to look at it. These are partners as much as anything. So working with them is critical. Okay. Really appreciate that, that insight. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really important. So as you're managing your business at this scale, do you have a favorite number or metric that you're focused on? Right now, live apps on production. And to, to us, that means deployed in front of real users, delivering some form of value to the business, right? So whether it's you know, making the help center and FAQ experience much more seamless, whether it's, you know, helping a, a financial analyst perform due diligence or company research, all of those cases in front of a user who really doesn't know what Metal is, right? Because ultimately we're a developer platform. If they're getting value out of it with a live app, that, that's our KPI. And that's what we're focused on uh, in particular this summer more than anything. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So live apps in production in front of actual users, big use. So that right. makes a lot of sense. Uh, so Taylor, really appreciate the insight. So far as we, we wrap up here, what's coming up for Metal? Yeah, no, it's it's a exciting and definitely very busy summer for us. Um, I think again, the focus is refining the product offering, and, and a lot of this comes from very hands-on experience, even just helping build uh, these applications with our users and, and with companies. It's kind of like the adage: if you want to, you know, you want to have a job done, first helps to try to do it yourself. So that's why we just get involved and, and help teams build. A lot of what we're also doing is, you know, through those builds, when we get these applications on production, that's when you can kind of understand the limits of this technology, right? If you go on Twitter, I'm sure you'll be able to see all of the sort of, you know, recent experiments and, and tinkering that's been done. And by the way, that, that's phenomenal for this vertical and for this technology. But for us as a business, we're focused on getting it to production. 
you really find those edge cases and how you can push the stack forward when you have it in front of users and say, okay, we're about 80% there, but I really need this. And then we look at that and say, we can build that. That's the fastest way that we learn and, and build this, these types of tools. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely exciting. And, and one uh, quick question. So the, the company named Metal, any, mm-hmm. any history of, of how you came about that, that company name? You know, we get this question a lot. It's, it's funny. I, I should probably come up with like a more thought out explanation, but there really isn't. So for one, the three of us, we, we like metal. We listen to metals. And we, we kind of, when we were kicking around ideas for starting a company, there's sort of this catch-all. And then we're, there's this joke, we're like, oh man, that's pretty metal. And then it just kind of stuck. I don't know how else to describe it. We've gotten questions. Oh, you know, you're worried about the SEO. And we're like, we're really just worried about the product right now. You know, like if, if that, if that comes fast and we'll approach it, but we have a lot of fun with the name. It, it kind of organically has leaned into our branding, you know, so ho- hopefully people are enjoying it as well. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I like it when it kind of just comes organically versus a uh, brainstorming session. So yeah, we had uh, none of those. I'll, I'll tell you yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, Taylor, I really appreciate your time and insight today. If, if listeners would like to learn more about metal, where should we send them online? Yeah, just check out our website, getmetal.io. You can also check us out on Twitter or LinkedIn. We have a Discord as well. We'd love to get in touch. Okay, appreciate it. So Taylor, again, thanks for your time, sharing your experience and uh, best wishes in your journey. Perfect. Thanks so much, man.